I say that or just take it? Welcome into another uh, sports podcast here. Andy Rickoff and Jeremy Klein here with you throughout the summer. I think this is what number? Like four? Yeah, it's got to be somewhere four or five. We're crushing it so far. We're crushing it. Uh, the The populace demands it. They keep <laughs> wanting more and more, so we just keep providing it. Really, it's supply and demand. We're supplying it, and the demand is so high that we just keep coming back for more of it. Uh, it's been it's been two weeks, as we've said. We do this every other week. I don't yeah. know. Is, is that I had a conversation with someone? Is this bi monthly or is it bi weekly? That if is it's two every other week. It would have to be bi weekly, right? Because if it's bi monthly, that'd be every one other every month. other month, right? That's what I thought too. Yeah, so bi-weekly must be, must be the right. You can tell we're sports right guys, <laughs> not much for, for grammar fans. Yeah, uh, plenty to get to on this podcast. Uh, we'll talk a little Twins. The Twins are winning again. So since we did our last podcast, the Twins have figured out how to win baseball games. We'll talk about the Twins. Any quick thoughts on on them? They also have only scored one run in the last eighteen innings. <laughs> yes, as we broadcast this when they've been yeah. shut out a couple of times. Uh, the the NBA playoffs continue to go on, and LeBron continues to own the Toronto Raptors. Nothing yep. new there. Uh, the NHL, their playoffs are still going. Vegas still in this thing. Winnipeg is still in it as well. And the Washington Capitals finally beat the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. So plenty to get there, uh, get to there as well. And then uh, NDSU sports continuing to mm-hmm. roll on. I know baseball is going strong. We've got uh, softball going to the NCAA tournament again. Both men's and women's golf continuing to be strong. So plenty of sports in the uh, the Red River Valley. I want to start things off though. I was at the the grocery store yesterday. I've had this. On Twitter and Facebook, and I've asked a lot of people, so I figured I'd just put it out on the podcast and get to as many people <laughs> as we can. Uh, but do you have you seen chunky applesauce anywhere? No, I saw your tweet last night. I was sitting there, I was like, it's trying to picture what you were talking about. It's just no, regular applesauce. It's like Mott's made it and just had like chunks of apple in it. Oh, no, no, I've, I've it never delicious. seen it. And I loved it. People were like, you know, I don't want chunky applesauce. No, it just has chunks of apple in it, it's like oh. real fruit. And I loved it as a kid, and now I just can't, like, find it anywhere. It added, like, good little <laughs> crunch to my applesauce. I was in Walmart yesterday getting, like, pasta sauce and different things. Like, man, the chunky, chunky applesauce apple sounds really good. I went to the applesauce, <laughs> and all I could find was, like, the smooth stuff that wasn't chunky. And I had to settle for the Mott's, like, cinnamon-infused smooth applesauce. It, yeah. it was good. It just wasn't the same yeah. as chunky. So I was hoping somebody out there can find chunky applesauce. Let me know, and I'll go buy it, buy it, out, of, buy it out of stock for sure. You know what I've been doing as of late? I go to, like, I usually go on my coffee run in the morning. I've been stopping and getting a caramel roll every day. Man. Where? Uh, oh, just over at Hornbacher's. Hornbacher's. Yeah, okay. man, a caramel roll just starts your day off right. Mother's so it can be a little sloppy, but oh, it yeah. is fantastic. Just a great day starter. Well, it's better if there's more caramel. It is. It, it is, yeah, absolutely. I had a caramel roll uh, on Mother's Day. We had brunch over at Granite City. Oh, great place. By the way, the brunch was at one thirty to 2.30. Not brunch. That's after yeah, lunch. That's yeah. more like liner or whatever they call it. Not yeah, brunch. But that's definitely some besides lunch. the point. They had brunch-like type foods. So it was like scrambled eggs. Mm-hmm. You know, like they do stuff. a great brunch. Yeah, great brunch. I love it. Brunch. I love Mimosas it. Mimosas over there. Yeah, and then caramel rolls was one of the things. Yeah, so I had that, is the, that is one thing. They have fantastic caramel rolls, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had French toast, too. That was another thing that was, was offered. I didn't have the French toast. I, I used my calories up on the uh, the caramel roll with the <laughs> the marathon week this week, and I'm running a marathon. Yeah. I was like, oh, we'll do one or the other, and went for the caramel roll instead, and then went and ran eight miles later that day. So yeah. ran it all off. Uh, so plenty to get to. It is marathon week, though, so going to be covering the Fargo Marathon, I would assume, for you as well. Yeah, I might just send Maria to that because last okay. year it was just me and Keith. So I was one who got stuck having to wake up and just find the winner. So now being able to delegate it, maybe I'll send Maria to that on uh, on Saturday. You can catch me. 
She'd be could. crossing the finish line. She could. I saw her. She crossed the finish line last night for the cyclothon. I was out there being a good friend, supporting and stuff like that. And, man, I feel bad because that win was brutal mm-hmm. last night. Just all sorts of crosswinds. It's like, man, could not, I could not do that. Couldn't no. couldn't do that one bit. I think it's supposed to be like 10 to 15 mile power winds for the marathon on Saturday. See, I mean, it'd so be I'm nice hoping... when it's at your back. But, like, if it's coming forward, like, that's just tacking on. Like, it's like running with a 20-pound mm-hmm. weight on you. Like, like 10's not, t- 10 could be a lot worse. It. You want a cool breeze. You want like yeah. five. Yeah, but just so you're I'll, not don't I'll, just so you're not getting that hot air and stuff like I'll that. I'll settle for ten. I just don't want the twenty, twenty five, yeah. thirty mile per hour. The Fargo wind. wind, yeah. Exactly. Uh so let's get to some actual sports talk here. Uh the the twins now winning some games. They're you know, with that horrible losing streak, mm-hmm. everyone was really down on them. But throughout that horrible losing streak, every time you look at the standings, they're still there's four and a half, maybe five and a half games out, and all of a sudden they're a game and a half out of first place, even with the, the shutout loss to the Seattle yesterday, we getting shut yeah. out by some guy named Wade LeBlanc, who I've never heard of before. Yeah, uh, a this division is looking very trash. Like mm-hmm. the Indians can't even figure it out. Well, we knew it was going to be the worst division in baseball before yeah. the season. We just thought that the top two teams, the Twins, and would the Indians, be amazing. would be pretty good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and then I saw the game last night. That dude was really utilizing off-speed pitches. He looked like a lot of a junk baller because he had them so far out in front of his changeup. Everything that was seen was like eighty-two. 77 somewhere in that range and they were just so off didn't know what to guess but the thing with me is during that five game win streak I didn't see a game of twins baseball just kind of read highlights didn't watch it didn't see any of it and of course the last few games that I watched the ones where they lost to LA watched they lost and last night I saw where they couldn't get a stinking run across the board and I saw most of that 12 game losing streak so apparently I have to stop watching the Minnesota twins You're because they're because they're way better without that but you look at the Twins, let's get going back to that nice stretch of wins there, and how about the last three starts for Fernando Romero? I know that's your guy coming out of the farm system. He He's had already only, on my fantasy he, roster. So. He had 11 and two-thirds innings pitch of scoreless baseball, and then he only gave up one in mm-hmm. the start against Otani, which, my goodness, those two rookies looked that's amazing. A fun matchup in the future if those two can stay on this track. Yeah. Seeing Otani versus Romero yeah. or Barrios down the road. Well, Barrios has to figure it out. I was mm-hmm. looking at stats the last time I was talking about Barrios and Fernando Romero. Strikeout to walk ratio was four to six. That's not going to cut it for a guy who needs to strike out batters. He's really got to start figuring things out. He's also given up way more home runs over that last four or five starts. Basically, picture his season in two, in two forms. First half, first start to Puerto Rico. Amazing. Oh, yeah. He was Jose Barrios. Since Puerto Rico, he has been worse than the worst Kyle Gibson we've seen. He He's has been right there with he, the worst Kyle um, Gibson. Okay, he Kyle has, Gibson he has innings, been. But. A lot of home runs given up. It's like six and four starts. He's been very rough. He's got to figure it out because the Twins are, are going to be a lot better of a ball club when you'd be able to go Barrios and Odorizzi stars or Barrios and now Romero. Like You need to pair Jose Barrios with another starter because he's got to be one of your top two guys. He does have to be one of the top two. I think he'll figure it out. He's gone through these stretches, and he's still, I think, what, 24? That, that, that is the thing. He's, he's so young yet, so he can't even get on at some point, Romero, much. too, is going to have that struggle. Right. I mean, it's right. It's inevitable. At some point, yeah, he's going to have a couple of starts the, in a hitter, row. Because hitters are going to figure him out. Innings, yeah. Hitters are going to figure him out. He's going to go four innings with, like, five or six innings. It's going gonna to happen at some point, and then yeah. he'll make the adjustment. And hopefully, you know, by the time this same time next year, both of them have kind of figured out those inju- adjustments, yeah. and they're right there. you got yeah. Santana maybe again, Odorizzi, and somebody I, I, else. I've loved Odorizzi. 
the whole the whole time. Mm-hmm. I thought that he was going. I thought coming into the season. A couple of rough season, starts too. Yeah, I thought coming into the year, I thought he was going to be great. I made the bold prediction of you are going to hear Jake Odorizzi's name in the Cy Young talks either by halftime or by the end of the season. Again, it doesn't have to be the number one, but like in that conversation, like five, six guys. Obviously, that isn't the case, but I still think he's having tremendous starts, keeping the Twins in ball games. I.e., last night. Six innings? What he, did he give up that run or no? I don't think he did. No, no runs. But I mean, nope. he keep that's keeping you. That's keeping you in ball games. I mean, he's the he's a guy that's going to give you that I quality. I think he's a start. solid on anybody three-ish. else's team. Two or three guys. Yeah, two maybe Absolutely. on a, a weaker staff. Three. Absolutely. So I don't know about Cy Young. I think. Well, one thing I want to see from looking him, at more from like a win standpoint. Yes. I thought he was going to get somewhere around eighteen to twenty wins. I think he could. Yeah. I just want to see him go deeper. I don't know if I've seen a game where he's gone past the six. Yeah. And that's just the, the era we live in now. But yeah. it seems like five innings has become the norm. I see so many starters, it's like done after five. I'm going yeah. to the bullpen. It's like, can someone go seven innings again? Is yeah, because I'd, like I'd love to stay away from our bullpen. Mm-hmm. It's very hit and miss. I'd love to just go starter, ass, and read eighth, Fernando Rodney ninth, and call it good and, and get a W. Sometimes not even Fernando Rodney ninth. Cause right, that, right. That's uh, proven. I'll take, star- I'll take starter one through eight and Addison Reed in the ninth. Or yep. I don't even know if I want Addison Reed because he's been hit and miss too. He's had some kind of rough rough innings where he's given up some Zach big, some big hits. Good. Zach Duke's been nice and out of that bullpen. He, he, got, he got off to a really rough start, but yeah, right nice to see him turn it around. But still, just a game and a half out of first place. The Indians are getting off to a real bad start as well. I'm sure their see, fans were saying the same thing Twins fans were throughout that whole stretch. Yeah, see, that's the problem. Now you're looking at it, and stop me if I stop me if I'm wrong. Way too early. You have to win the division, to get in the playoffs. Am I, am I way too early with that call, or is it, or is this pretty? Well, is this pretty all right saying, saying it. But I mean, the East Yankees and Red Sox. You got to think are both in. They're both playing really great ball, and if they continue that, yeah. obviously, this, I could be making way too early statements. Angels and Astros are both playing really good ball. We don't know how go- we don't know you, if the Angels can sustain it, but you got we the know the Astros Yankees are good. Yankees and the Red Sox who are both twenty eight and twelve and twenty eight and thirteen. Then you right. got the Angels twenty five and sixteen and the Astros twenty six and seventeen. So right. and even the Mariners are twenty three and seventeen. Yeah. So three teams in that division. The Angels just didn't look like they didn't look overly impressive, but no, it's the Mike Trout. They were tiny and a, yeah, they got a I, lot I, I of guys. I didn't know they had Andrel, Andrelton Simmons, Ian Kinsler, like mm-hmm. Zach, Zach Kozar. That, nice that lineup is deep now mm-hmm. with not not guys who are overwhelming, but guys that are pros, yes. if that makes sense. The guys that got experience, guys that are ready, who either be haven't gotten to the playoffs, but you know what you're going to get out of them, and they're going to get you that quality performance every single night. Yeah, they're not going to be all stars, but they're going to be that solid guy that will hit in the 270s and right. bat in a bunch of runs and not make a lot, a lot of dumb blunders on the base pass, right, basically, and right. play well defensively. So I don't know about the Angels. I think the Astros still win that division oh, overall. They'll, they'll take it over. I think the, Astros I think got the way Angels and the Mariners maybe come back to earth a little bit. But I mean, at this point, if you're the Twins at 17 and 20, I'm not going to say it's over. It's still a little early because this is not even the halfway point. You, you never over know. Over wild card-wise? Wild card, we're talking about? I don't know if it's quite over. Maybe take a couple more weeks and see where right. we are right. after this maybe nine-game homestand where we're facing some easier competition. We'll see right. where we stand after that. But at this point, yeah, division or bust right now and yeah frankly i that's the way I'd, i like it to be anyways i'd rather win yeah. the division and yeah you'd rather play a series than, than uh, one, one game, game playoff and get knocked out or yeah. it looks like we're probably playing at somebody's place again like last year with the yankees right how about the uh the nba playoffs i watched game one of the western conference playoffs last night houston versus golden state what i've kind of been waiting for for the mm-hmm. nba playoffs we knew that was going to happen and golden state wins again and they didn't not convincing fashion but they didn't look yeah. flustered at all by houston it looked like we're just going to come in here and take home court right back from you. Something Houston has fought for all year long, and just right. like that in one game, it, it's over. And now Golden State has home court. Yeah, I haven't. I didn't get a chance to watch the East 
game one or last night's game one because of work and stuff, but it did sound like James Harden got off to a really hot start mm-hmm. and got Draymond Green into a technical a minute in. A minute and seven seconds. Shocked. <laughs> I thought but, he was going to get ejected. He yeah. almost got another one in like yeah. the third minute of the game. But that is going to be such a great series. I think that Houston-Golden uh, State series is going to be great. It's what a lot of people are saying is that's going to be the finals. Well, the, you can go shove it, people, because forget the whole new playoff, get a new playoff format. I don't care. Don't stack one conference then. If you want to make it to the finals and you can tell that the Golden State Warriors and everybody, and there's a bunch of good teams in the West – Let's get some talent in the East. Let's diversify the talent in the NBA, not just have it all on that's four teams the in the West. I know. That's exactly what I'm taking the shot at is the players. This is garbage of why everybody's just going West. And if LeBron goes West, God, the NBA is going to be trash. He needs to stay in either Cleveland or needs to go to Philly. Do something East. You've got to get a shift of talent to get something to go East to try to spread out this league because you can't just have – a giant West movement in the NBA because, yeah, that would be so dumb to seed 1 through 16 that gets rid of all the division. There's no point in divisions. There's no point in rivalries or, really or fighting for a conference rivalries, stuff. Though? Like in the in NBA? division, like, I did guess, they have a rivalry I mean, with the Trailblazers or the Nuggets? Yeah, maybe yeah. the Utah a little bit because yeah, of Ricky maybe Rubio. A bit, yeah. But it just doesn't seem like there really are but those I mean, big but I mean, rivalries you wouldn't in basketball. Fi- you wouldn't be fighting for a conference title because you wouldn't get the conferences to get in. It would just be top 16 records, so who cares? Yeah, you need, you need you that, you need that fighting Eastern for a division final. championship and, and fighting for that kind of stuff. Grind it out. The thing is, if you're a team in the West and you're looking at Golden State, you have to get more players. So players exactly, have to, exactly. Yeah, from a get team to the finals is, yeah. I mean, you just you got to beat Golden State, so you have yeah. to stack up. So yeah. all the players, yeah, they're coming yeah. West because someone's got to try and beat Golden State. And so yeah. far, it's not working out very well. It's just game one. I think Houston will still make a, a good series out of this. I think it can go six, yeah. maybe six. seven. Six is what I see. Yeah. Um, but if... If it does go five or four, and the Warriors just kind of swat the, the Rockets away and say you really weren't the, any competition for us, that opens up the door for something in the summer if LeBron was to go west because the Rockets say, hey, we need you. We, we got to have you. And yeah, LeBron wants to be wanted. He's pretty, much pro- got- he's pretty much proven he's the only guy who can give them a run mm-hmm. and or beat them. And they've got the veterans that LeBron would want to play with. He doesn't want to play with youngsters. He wants to play with some proven veterans. You got Paul and Harden there. Imagine that if that were to happen. Yeah, I would almost boycott basketball at that point. Yes, and I like I try to think about it from a standpoint of who needs the ball in their hands. LeBron, if LeBron goes to to the 76ers, well they already got a guy Ben Simmons who has to have the ball in his hands. That's counterproductive. Mm-hmm. You go to Houston, they already got two point guards, one of which James Harden loves to have the ball in his hands and needs to score. That's counterproductive. They can make it work. Probably I think Chris Paul would make it work. Probably James Harden could make it work because they're just so, just veterans in this. League. I mean, they don't, they I don't mean, care as much I mean, as I'm, an Embiid or a Simmons at this point. Right, and I mean, and we look at the the Warriors make it work. Mm-hmm. Granted, I think they only have two guys that need the ball in their hands: mm-hmm. Steph and uh, KD. Where and KD, Clay Clay is more catch and shoot off the ball kind of guy. So is Draymond is kind of go with the flow and get the ball when he need, when he needs to kind of thing, play defense. And I'm not breaking any news here, but KD is unstoppable. Like I watched game yeah. one last night. Like yeah. he's, he's a seven footer. I can handle the ball as well as a point guard like a Chris Paul. He would be. And there was some great defense played on him. He just shoots over it. He's the he makes tough shots. He, if you think of baseball as a five tool player, KD is a five tool player. I feel in the NBA, mm-hmm. height can dribble, uh, inside outside, do anything. I'm pretty sure he can play defense. Yeah, they're all they're a very good defensive team. 
Draymond Green is the, the anchor but, for them yeah, defensively, yeah. no doubt. Draymond Green's got to be first or second team all defense again. And that's what he does. He's just the defense and Grinder toughness and, and, yeah. and beat you up kind of guy uh, that every championship team, I think, has to have. But, yeah, they just got so many weapons, and you don't even realize it. I was watching the whole game, and all of a sudden I'm like, Wait, Clay Thompson has twenty five points. Like I yeah. didn't even like I know he yeah. made some shots. Clay like, can come out of nowhere. Points and yeah. he's cannon threes and he just sits in the corner. Quiet assassin, mm-hmm. Clay Thompson. Because one team's you're either going to take away Kevin Durant or Steph Curry. And yesterday they took away Steph Curry a little bit. Right. Well, now they're going to make the adjustment and try to slow down KD because he put up thirty eight points. Yeah. And Steph Curry is going to have like thirty five. And Clay Thompson, meanwhile, is just going to sit in the corner, sit in the wing, and just can a bunch of threes and play great right. defense like he always does. Did Draymond cover uh, Clint Capella? Yeah, mostly, yeah. but he just kind of did that. He was more like the rover, like a oh, center. Okay. Field. So he'd be guarding the guy who was in the corner, and then when Harden or whatever would drive down, or they do that pick and roll, he would right. kind of shift over. But he was so good at getting back to the corner, he picked off a bunch of passes right. that way. And I thought it was way too much one on one. It was so much ball. hero. Ball. Welcome to the NBA. I know. I think the first half, I don't know if Houston ran a set. It was just so much dribbling one on one. The NBA, like, they're great at pick getting and roll. All star, getting all star and go one on one. That's all it they is. Do I, th- I thought Clint Capella would be able to be a great X factor because. You don't see the Warriors as having a five that's mm-hmm. either st- solid defensively or is going to be a force, kind of like how we have uh, Towns, but like Zaza, not no, not a, not even in a conversation. Kevin Durant, yeah, the height, yeah. So if one would think Clint Capella would the be able to eat in, in there and get get rebounds and all that stuff, and he should be the one trying to dominate the paint. The only problem with Capella, and I'm not a Houston Rockets expert by any means, he gets right. tons of lobs. And he's a decent jump shooter great defender he played some great defense got a couple of steals on Steph last night which was impressive but I don't picture him as a back to the basket like give him in, give him the ball in the post and right he's got post I, moves right he's the I, guy you drive and you I don't throw think up a I don't lock. think any, I don't think anybody's gonna do that anymore back to the basket I mean Shaq so you, last one maybe so you can't take advantage of that yeah. even if he's got a smaller guy he's not a guy I, I, that has think, I, I just moves. don't think that's what the NBA is anymore Towns doesn't even really do that that much either in the post he doesn't go back to the basket and and just go to go to town Every once in a while, but they need to do it more, I thought. Yeah. And that's the, pro- the problem with that is because twos are lesser than threes. But I think if you get yeah. a high-quality two, it's as good as a three because you're going to make more high-quality twos than you yeah. are threes, in my opinion. It just has to be a quality two. You have to be real close yeah. to the basket to make it worthwhile. Since we're talking about basketball, I want to throw this out there. Did you see or did you hear about the rumors flying around the Timberwolves front office on social media and Twitter? No. LaGarza got fired who because he had a, because he had a strong – relationship with Carl Anthony Towns and mm-hmm. Tibbs didn't like that. Tibbs thought that he should have the strongest uh relationship with Carl Anthony Towns, so he fired LaGarza. And Rumors. Tibbs is like thro- and care. Tibbs is like throwing computer monitors, throwing tantrums in the front office and stuff like that. He told assistant coaches to stop talking to Peterson at Fox Sports North because he was being too hard on them during the broadcast. Like unbelievable. Tibbs isn't great with media. Tibbs yeah, is not a great media guy. Yeah, I'm losing a lot of respect. If if again if most of the stuff that I was reading is true, which it's it's carrying a lot of weight, I'm 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 believing a lot of it. It doesn't sound great. I wouldn't fire someone that has a good relationship with one of your best players. That doesn't seem like ex- smart. Exactly, that's he, the guy that's going to keep him around. Tip seems too smart to do something that stupid, like just for that reason. I think there had to be some other reason. Yeah. I don't know about the whole Jim Peterson thing, but for me, uh, stuff just doesn't do much for me until I get something that's like super concrete and just. Yeah. The NBA seems really petty with all that kind of oh, stuff. You know, that is absolute, the dramas everywhere in the NBA with any yeah. good team. But yeah, the, see, a lot of people want Tibbs fired or Tibbs gone or what. My problem is if he goes, I'm afraid Jimmy's going. Yeah, because Jimmy right. loves Tibbs. He will defend Tibbs to the end of the earth. So right. I don't want Tibbs to go because I think that might make Jimmy go. Right, and that's Tibbs' biggest chip he's holding right now. Is, yeah, 
you get rid of me, there's a good chance your star. Yeah, that's that really the only reason on Jimmy came well. over. Exactly. How about the, the NHL playoffs? Watch any any hockey? Uh, I caught it, caught some of it here and there. Really haven't seen much mm-hmm. of the NHL playoffs. I didn't even watch most. I didn't even watch any to some of that wild series. I've just kind of been keeping an eye on just like, oh, cool. Like, it's cool that Winnipeg and Vegas are both making runs. Two of the n- newer franchises, mm-hmm. even though Winnipeg has been a staple a in the before. NHL. But yeah, but I mean, it's just fun for these new fan bases and these new countries, these new areas to really get behind hockey. And for sure, for Vegas, this is huge for the NHL looking at expansion or looking at just Vegas thriving as an NHL franchise. You're getting to see it right now, and you're going to get a lot of people behind the Vegas Golden Knights because of this run that they're making right now. A bunch of cast-offs. And because we hate Winnipeg. I mean, let's be honest about it. Yeah. We hate Winnipeg. I don't well, want. To, I do not want Winnipeg to well, win. Well, it's been what, since 19— 19- Winnipeg's like the Chicago Blackhawks to me right now. It's been since 1993, since— uh, any Canadian sports team has won mm-hmm. a Big Four championship. I think we can probably try to tack on another year of that Winnipeg is the only one trying to keep it alive. Yeah, and I I love most of their players. Their players I hate to play against, but would love to have on my team. Dustin Bufflin, exactly. Dustin Bufflin, number, number one guy. I hate my team mm-hmm. playing against, but man, would it probably be awesome having him? Yeah, exactly. And Winnipeg and that that Vegas Golden Knights series with the Jets. That's gonna go like six or seven for sure. That's gonna yeah, be a back and so forth too. all all day long. I think it's the Capitals' year though. Alexander Ovechkin yeah, finally beats gets Pittsburgh, over the hump. and now it just seems like he's taken out years of frustration of not getting this far. Yeah. Now that he's at this point, he's like, I'm not gonna let this pass by. You know, right. I'm finally here. Finally I don't know if I'm ever gonna finals. get back here again. <laughs> I'm not letting this chance slip away. And he's two zero going back home against Tampa Bay. And I think no matter who they match up against, I know. I think Winnipeg is the better team. I think Vegas would be the better team if they match up with Washington. Yep. But I think Ovechkin's on a mission right now. He is the one hockey player that I can think of right now that needs the title so much, mm-hmm. that needs to be able to hoist that cup that I can think of. He's like LeBron when LeBron went to Miami. He just needed that yeah, title for absolutely. some validation. Or KD going to Golden State needs yeah. a title. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Ovechkin absolutely. hopefully will get that this year. I think the, the team looks really good. Hope he's great in that. They got some defense. And- Oshie. Oshie as well. Former uh, former UND connection there as well, and then uh, Shane Gersich yeah, also Shane playing Gersich for them, and playing really well. Too, yeah. Whenever he gets a chance in the uh, the spot. Also, going back just quick here to the, the NBA tonight's the NBA lottery. Did you know that? No, I had no idea either didn't when you, it was could, popping up. That tonight was the NBA lottery, and I think the Phoenix Suns have the best odds in there, so they probably end up with second or third, knowing the way the lottery seems to work. True, uh, but uh, who man, do you think... man, could they pair somebody up with Devin Booker and be good? They have been pairing people up with Devin Booker for a while. It seems like but, they yeah, but they're always in the spot. Who have they been pairing Devin who have they been pairing they up with Devin last Booker? Year? Didn't Josh they get, Jackson. Yeah, Josh Jackson. He's raw. Give him a couple of years. But like I'm talking about like getting a, a Mo Bamba or a DeAndre eight in a big post, kinda like how the seventy sixers did, paired and beat up with Simmons. Not saying the Suns are gonna be the Sixers and turn it around, but I mean that's a that's a pairing. That's a duo. Yeah. A duo that could do something. Who do you think needs the number one pick the most? I don't. The Mavs are trying in to think there. Of the, trying to think of the garbage teams in the NBA. Suns at least the have Mavs, De- Suns at least Hawks. have a superstar in Devin Booker. The Hawks, I can't tell you a single person on their team. So probably them. The Mavs could use it because Dirk is. They got Dennis Smith Jr., who's a nice piece from this yeah. past draft, and uh, Harrison Barnes. So they mm-hmm. could kind of build a nice little nice little group. The problem is with the the West is already. Nine, ten deep of good teams. Yeah. Like you have to be so good just to crack it into the playoffs. Now, that's mm-hmm. that is the problem with 
with that. But I mean, I think this, I think this draft is so deep, so deep for big men. We've talked about it past during the Cavs are going to get like a top six pick, by the way, and they need it. Yeah, they, they gonna, need it. Well, they're either going to have it or they're going to trade that pick for somebody. Somebody said, "What would uh, what would it take?" Well, I've heard all sorts of, "What would it take to get Kawhi Leonard on your team?" Okay, number one, Cavs. What could the Cavs do to get Kawhi from the Spurs and keep LeBron in town? That pick paired with what? Kevin Love. You you'd do almost have you'd almost yeah. have to you'd almost have to give the Spurs something to hang their hat on. It might even be almost too much, considering you don't know how good that relationship is with the Spurs and Kawhi. And that's True. a leverage thing you can hold against the Spurs. Like he's but, not going to play for you guys next but, year. But I mean, you're not going to give them. Rodney Hood and Clarkson, two young guys, and say, "Hey, there you go, build a core around some young guys." I don't know. And then if uh, they like him, isn't George Hill? Is, oh, he might be a free George agent. George Hill's kind of getting up there in age, but yeah, former I guess. Spur. I guess they could they could use George Hill, the Spurs, because Tony Parker isn't getting any younger. When yeah. are him and Manu gonna gonna? I think retire? they're after this year. I don't see Manu and Parker coming back. Okay, and now I'm gonna fa- phrase the question: What do the Timberwolves need to do to get Kawhi Leonard? Would would would. Andrew Wiggins and a piece go for Kawhi Leonard. Depends what the piece is because 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 the because Wiggins isn't happy being the third the third fiddle. Kawhi isn't happy there. You bring Kawhi in so the Wolves finally learn how to play defense, and you let Andrew Wiggins go be the guy in San Antonio. I would even do Wiggins and Teague. Oh yeah, I'd send both. And then then let Tyus run the darn point. Tyus be the first point guard and D Rose the second. Even if. Even if it's not Tyus, just for the, the sheer fact well, you'd, anybody. Have, you'd have Butler and Kawhi as, you could two draft a point guard. as two perimeter defenders and Kawhi Leonard and Jimmy Butler, that's the main. I don't even care who else. You've you got some shutdown defenders on the perimeter at that yeah. point. Yeah, fi- finally somebody learn how to play defense. And two guys that can make some shots, and then you got Carl Anthony Towns down low. I, I'd love that going forward. I would yeah. absolutely I, love I, that I, as I, the Timberwolves but, fan. But you'd have to look at it. Would the Spurs want to eat up Wiggins' contract? I don't know. Just got a max deal. Yep. Not like not like they're paying anybody big bucks over there. Nope. Not even Lamarcus Aldridge. I One also I, I, I heard Lamarcus Aldridge wants to go back to Portland. Yeah. Tyler and Dame. Hey, this year talk he, to them and get me back over there. He liked this year a little bit more than he did the the, the previous year, but we'll see Is how Paul, that. Paul Gasol still over in San Antonio mm-hmm. too. They're so old. Yeah. So old there. They they need to hit the reset button. Not, not reset, we'll but see if they need to get young. Back too. That's a, yeah. That's a big thing too. Because if Parker and Manu leave, I could see. Pop saying, hey. Just all Powell leaves, Aldridge leaves, and you're just stuck with a brand new young core. Mm-hmm. I mean, so really yeah, Patty Mills. Patty Mills is decent. Ugh. Oh, okay, he's young. Based on the, he's young. If your best player is Patty Mills, you're oh, not no, going I'm not anywhere saying in the best West. player. I mean, they <laughs> also got to figure out Danny Green. I, I Looking back, going back into the draft library, because I wanted to touch on this, what the Timberwolves could do, puts them in, what, 20s? Probably. late Mid to, mid to late 20s. Got to get eighth. I want a three-point sh- shooter. I want a three-point shooter, and I would like them to go after Gary Trent Jr. Figure out a way to get Gary Trent. He doesn't play defense. That's a problem. Shoots the yes. three ball. They need kid, a three-point local shooter. kid. Shoots the three ball. They do need a three-point shooter badly. I mean, that's the thing they have to come away with in the draft or in the agency he, or he'd, both. He'd work off the bench. Yeah, but if you can get Kawhi, Kawhi well, yeah. and Kawhi can shoot exactly. That's another thing. But again, we got to remember Kawhi. Let's be realistic. Top five player in the NBA. Yeah. Let's be completely, completely, completely realistic. Real. Yeah, we're worth we're grabbing at straws here because top five player in the league for Andrew Wiggins and a piece not realistic. But what if about you can Toronto? Figure out what that piece is. What about trading him to Toronto for what? Demar, Demar, or Kyle, Kyle Lowry. Yeah, we we were in the Kyle Lowry sweepstakes for got, a little bit last you year. You tried to trade 
Teague there too because you wouldn't want to have Teague and Lowry. Yeah, but you'd you send don't both need of those players there for guards. like a Serge Ibaka and Kyle Lowry type of thing. I mean, Toronto's in that point. They'd probably want to just blow this thing up. Yeah, I mean, you might you know, as, trade one you of might the two. Well. And Lowry can make a bunch of threes. He's not maybe the best defender. At and point Lowry guard. just got paid, didn't he, he during that free agency? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Wiggins is, I mean, from Canada. That's why I'm saying this. Right, it would right. make sense for Toronto. Yeah, I hear it. I could see I them that. doing that just to put some butts in some seats you know, and change cool. things up. And again, the, and all these all these aspects are thinking, because Wiggins is not happy being the third fiddle, Get him to a team where he can be the one or two, the number one or the number two guy. And these are some of those options that, yeah, that would work. That would make Andrew Wiggins a little more happy. I think that'd be, I mean, again, you'd have to have all the all the logistics, analytics, the money wise, and everything figured out. But I don't know. It'd be it sure it sure would be cool. Uh, find some to, more piece to this Timberwolves puzzle. Yeah, there's still a ways away because it's got to be a shooter because Andrew Wiggins doesn't shoot, can't shoot, can't shoot the three. I don't care what his percentage was last year. Better, but you know yeah. he can't shoot the three. He's a slasher, and you don't need a slasher. Jimmy, Jimmy would slash. Yep. Jimmy shoots, and Wiggins can't play defense. So, but now, but now right. they want to play Jimmy at the four. So who know who knows? Yeah, it's a long ways away. We'll figure it all out. I'm just worried about the uh, the Golden State Warriors and the Cavaliers playing yet again in the uh, the NBA finals. I, I, if if that happens, I don't even know what. What I what I would think if I mean I'd probably just watch to see if if one person LeBron James literally a uh, yes. one person team could try to knock out four Which superstars. It would just go five I, games again like last year. Yeah, five five or four. I don't know if he gets a game. I I do want to see I do want to see him get to the finals again just to prove like hey my team is garbage but I'm still the best player in the world. And I don't want to see so. Houston get rocked in five games because that means I I think LeBron might literally go to houston at that point yeah because i think that might be the best option for him and i think it'd be a great option for houston as well and it might shake up the nba a little bit but i would yeah, ju- that would just destroy I, the western conference i would just love to see him stay in cleveland but the would, only way that happens is if they get a piece yeah they've got to get some more pe- players around him yeah. and not these young players like these clarksons or rodney hood guys that yeah. really aren't what lebron wants to play with about 30 minutes in here on this podcast andy rickoff jeremy klein here with you once again uh, I want to wrap things up with some NDSU talk. I know you've been at NDSU baseball lately. I, mm-hmm. I was at NDSU softball in the, the Summit League softball tournament, calling yep. some games for the Summit League, and that was an extremely impressive tournament. We had Jacqueline Sirk throw a complete game, uh, no hitter, yep. 15 strikeouts. They're Summit League champions for the ninth time in 10 years, continuing their dominance there. Men's and women's track, extremely dominant yet again, winning now 22 titles in 11 years. And Yes, yeah. that's correct, 22 in 11. Yeah, they're unbelievable. Them. And then uh, – the men's and women's golf teams also in the NCAA tournament. So mm-hmm. been a pretty good couple of weeks here for NDSU Athletics. Yeah, I looked at uh, the men's golf team after that first round. Not that far out of it, honestly. They're they're in last right now, but, I mean, five, six strokes out of being kind of in a conversation, mm-hmm. not bad. So, I mean, um, you look at softball, yeah, Jax is nuts. I was at the last one of the last games of the regular season, and she almost threw a perfect game. It's crazy how much, how dominant she is, and they got – what you would call the three seed in the regional mm-hmm. take on Mississippi State. I thought that was impressive. I expected them to get to to get the four seed in the regional and play the top team. But hey, she's a pitcher that's so good. It doesn't matter how bad or how not great the bats are for NDSU or how they're doing. She can steal you a game in that tournament. She could steal a game against a big team. I honestly, she could win a game I feel one. great that I feel very confident in saying that they could beat Mississippi State. I think. 
I think I see, I see them advancing past Mississippi State. And it, hypothetically, if they lose that game, they sure are going to destroy St. Francis and mm-hmm. get back in the conversation. They are going to win it. They are not going to and barbecued out in that regional. That is for darn sure. They are taking at least a game or two out of there. I've never heard that before. Two and barbecued? Two and barbecued. Oh, that's a big baseball term. I've, I've, okay. I've known that ever, ever since I was a little kid. Like, okay. In a double elimination tournament, two and barbecued? Yeah. Okay, never knew that one. Uh, yeah, I think they could beat Mississippi State. I think they could beat Arizona. I think I mean, Arizona in years that. past they've had to face like they've been in the region with like the number they five. They beat Oklahoma last yeah. year and they won the national title. They've been with like top ten, maybe even top five teams in their region this beat year. LSU it's this number year. fourteen overall, and that's right. still really good. But right. Right. I think they could definitely hang with Arizona if Jacks yeah. is is on and gets mm-hmm. a bunch of strikeouts yet again and keeps them in a game and yeah. you get a couple lucky hits here and there. Maybe it's a windy day, the wind's blowing out, and you get a couple home runs. Yeah. I think they could beat Arizona too. Yeah, that's the thing. The bats got to show up. I mean, Jax can sit there and give up one run, but one run can win a softball game or a yeah. baseball game. And then you turn to the baseball side of things. Talk to Todd Brown after the series sweep of Fort Wayne, and you would think after somebody swept a series, there'd be happiness, there'd be feeling good about the team, and he wasn't. And I was so – I was happy that you got to see an actual a coach be an actual person. They didn't look good against Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne has six conference wins all year. They should have lost Saturday, but they battled back and got the bats going in the eighth. They should have, not should have lost Sunday, but it took them until the fifth or sixth to get the bats going on Sunday. They were trailing both times to Fort Wayne. I loved that conversation with Todd Brown because he said, I don't know what I don't know what I'm seeing on my team right now. We didn't show up. We didn't seem ready at batting practice. We didn't seem ready in and in and and in and outs, he said. And he he said he wanted more out of the pitching staff, and he thought the bats needed to stop trying to hit homers and try to use all parts of the field. Thank you, because that's exactly what I saw in that baseball game was everything he just said. But instead of coming up to me and saying, we won three games, so we're happy where we're at, no, he sat there and said, we have to get better or the season's going to be done pretty darn soon. And I'm glad that he was being so real with us because that is exactly what they're looking at right now. They got to go into, they got to take on South Dakota State and win a game this weekend to continue their season. And he said, Tuesday and Wednesday, practices are going to be, they're going to be amped up because he was not thrilled on Sunday. And I was so happy to see a coach be so real with us, even though his team just swept a series of a team that wasn't that great. But he knows that there's a lot, there's a lot more potential in this Bison baseball squad than what he saw this weekend. You got to like the ability to win, win the games coming from, from behind late in the game that you're able to get those yeah, late hits and, and get the Why wins. are you trailing Fort Wayne? Oh, exactly. I agree with you. It was nice to see Todd. And Todd's always been that way. He's very straightforward. He's not going to yeah. sugarcoat anything. He's just been that loved way ever it. since I, I was in, in college doing student radio and talking to him one-on-one. He's always been that way. And I love Todd Brown. He does a great job with that team. Yes, yes he does. You, you do have to like the fact that they got to, got the wins they you know did battle um, back and get those i feel like they're a team though that kind of plays to their competition they saw a fort wayne yeah. team coming in it was like maybe they weren't up for batting practice because oh this is fort wayne yep i could they, absolutely, they gotta get I could over absolutely that. see that now this week against south dakota state i think the mentality is going to flip it yeah. this is south dakota state we got to get a win to continue right. our season let's go here let's pick things up you could maybe see a different different attitude out there on the diamond it does right. help again it's at newman outdoor field another yeah. home series for them and they've been playing better at home here as of late their batting order i mean we talk about it up in the press box of you know you see 24 or 9 come up to the plate you're filming because you know special things could happen when jace mcclain comes up to the dish or carter thompson and thompson is like sixth seventh guy in the order that's a deep but 
that that batting order on a, on good days is deep. You go Hostetler, Fearing, McLean. I've always the, been a fan of Fearing. Great, great hitters. He's like he's like a grinder to me. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very much grinder guy. Uh, then you got um, Pierchalski. You throw Logan Bush in there, and then you get to Thompson. And Thompson swings a hot bat, and then you still got Elson Peter at the ninth spot. He can he put one out in the ninth inning mm-hmm. on Saturday. He's I don't know if he reminds me a little bit of of Eduardo Escobar. Just like he's small, but he's got the pop in his bat. Like that team could be the batting order could be deep when they get things to click for them. They don't always get it to click, but when they do, they can be a hot team. I don't know if they I don't know if they're a hot team that can hang with Oral Roberts or can take out ORU. But I mean, they're not the fifth or fourth best team in that conference. I think they're way better when they put it all together. I think they could could put it together this week and get up there. They're what third or fourth right now? They're fourth right now. Fourth ahead of top four teams get in. Yep. So they're in that in the discussion at least right now. I think ORU is the best team we've seen that for the last couple of years. They just they're so good down there, and they not only in the Summit League they play really well against some really good like Big Twelve competition as well. So they're tested. It's hard to beat them. South Dakota State's a good team. I, I love their I like their lineup. They played good enough defense. The pitching outside of Riley Johnson does scare me. Chris Choles a little bit, too. It does. Outside of those two guys, it, it scares me a little bit. It's just too thin. Well, yeah, and we looked at the starting pitching. I mean, they didn't get through a lot of innings this past weekend, but they also didn't give up that many runs. In both games that I was just kind of harping on, Saturday they were down four. Sunday they were down one or two. I mean, mm-hmm. their pitching staff is getting strikeouts, but they just weren't getting the runs on the board right away. Yeah. And, yeah, that can be a little frustrating if – you're sitting there playing buff, playing from behind all the time. That can wear on a on a baseball team mm-hmm. playing from behind all the time. It's nice to know that you can come from behind that you're never out of a game. Well, but they it, came it from behind because they're playing for Wayne. Exactly. It's nice. You, know you get can, behind you against South Dakota State. You get behind against ORU. You're staying behind. Yes, exactly. You can come from behind having that you know belief you can do it, but it, you also like you said, it just wears on you, man. Every time yeah. we're down by so many runs, we got to get all these hits late and yeah. all this pressure on everyone up up at bat. But, yeah, they got to start getting some, some runs early in the game, giving yeah. the pitching staff a little bit of cushion to work with, and then maybe things will turn around. And I think, again, like I said, South Dakota State this week, that mentality flips. It's a rivalry with the Jackrabbits. Yeah. You want to win yeah. these games. Well, uh, that's going to do it for us. Anything else you want to bring up? Any more tweets or texts about Chunky Applesauce you found? <laughs> uh, not, that I, not that I can think of. Oh, one, oh, okay, this is the final topic, and it's kind of a little off sports stop. Okay, I'm getting a new car tomorrow. It's a it's a Chevy Cruze. We need to come up with a name for my car. I had been looking at the Cruze when I got my uh, Hyundai Elantra. That was what yeah. I was looking at. So. I've, I've, the Chevy first one Cruise. that comes to mind would be Nelson. It'll be it'll be Nelson Ooh. Cruise or or. Uh, but then I was like, okay, Tom Cruise, but it's not spelled the same. So no, I need not. to think of a name for my a name for the new car. I always went off like the you know the the, the model of the car. So I had like a was a Chrysler Sebring. I named it Sabrina. I kind of the same similar okay. kind of thing. I like thing. it. So. Something around cruise. We'll come up with it. Next podcast, two weeks from now, we'll come up with all when, when I pull when I pull we'll in with a new car, it's gotta be named. How about okay. that? For the next podcast. That's that's what we'll do. Next podcast. That's a tease. That's what we okay, call it tease we in the business, yeah. the podcast business. So that to check in two weeks from now to find out what uh, your new car is called and if I have ever found chunky applesauce. Uh, thanks a lot for tuning in, folks. I can do it again. Jeremy Klein and Andy Rickoff here with you. Did I say that or just take it?